This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of the Big Show. That would be Big O, Big O Tires. Now through June 13th, get up to a $70 reward card on select Michelin, BF Goodrich, and Uniroyal Tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Sam Amick coming up here momentarily. Shout out to Drew, who's coming to the game tonight. He heard uh, Austin's... uh, what is that, a horn or of some sort uh, indicating to call and win tickets? Austin's wild card. Did, did Austin try to pick the sound effect that was most annoying to our listeners? He might have. Well, I was going for something abrupt, and it certainly <laughs> is abrupt. Yeah, it is that. It is that. So shout out to Drew. Austin's got uh, one more pair of tickets to give away, so uh, stay tuned. And at the uh, back part of this segment, we will do another Gordon Would You Rather which I'm very much looking forward to. This has been the highlight of my day. I've got to admit it. You're the best at it. Yeah, all right. Uh, It's time. Sam's ready to go. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. All right, Sam, we've started off our our conversations with you in many ways over the years, but I don't think we've done this before. Are you okay, Sam? You all right? (laughs) (laughs) You had had an incident. I did, yeah, I did. I'm a lot better than I could have been, so I got nothing but good things to report. I'm still hobbling around a little bit. I'm about to... uh, I'm like the jazz players. I'm making sure I get my ice, my rest and recovery. But I'm hanging in. Yeah, we um, we snuck away to Hawaii last week for like a – it was supposed to be a pre-playoff vacation that was booked back before we thought the season would start as early as it did. So we went to Hawaii. And as you guys know, because I ended up writing about it, um, went on a hike, turned my ankle pretty bad, you know, and I've been through that a million times. But then – all of a sudden, was feeling woozy and feeling nauseous, and and then got dizzy, and then was completely blacked out. So, family kind of panicked and got nervous about it being more serious. And next thing you know, I'm I'm getting pulled out of the jungle by a, a helicopter with a, wow. a like a hundred foot cable underneath. Wow. So it was it was quite an adventure. Wait, now, so you are actually flying through the air, uh, attached to a cable, attached to a helicopter. Yeah, so that that's the part. Like, it's a good story, but nothing beats, you know, showing people, uh, you know, for themselves. So I, I wish, like, I really wanted to videotape the ride, but I just, I'm shameless, but I wasn't shameless enough. You know, I'm sitting there getting helped by uh, a medical professional that obviously was there to help me out. And, and so I, I chose not to videotape it because I think he would have definitely frowned upon that. But... <laughs> To your question, Gordon, like, yeah, like, it's exactly what it sounds like, Mission Impossible style. Um, I'm hanging 
like in a canvas uh, diaper, as my 12-year-old <laughs> likes to call it. Um, he's, he's nicknamed me Captain Underpants now. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and then, I mean, it felt pretty secure. People keep saying, like, oh, I'd be, I would have been so scared. Just like, strangely, I wasn't really nervous. It felt pretty secure. But, I mean, you're talking about hanging probably a, like a good, you know, I don't know, three to 500 feet above the ground for a couple of miles where they, they essentially flew the two of us who were hanging, you know, very close together, um, flew us to a nearby park and then just lowered us down to the grass and, and you know, on the, the big field in the park. So, yeah, it was, I mean, that part, I'm sitting there going, okay, when are you going to pull me up into the helicopter? I don't understand this. And then it's like, oh, I, I guess we're just going to hang. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if if the goal of family vacations is to make memories, Sam, you made you one. Made yeah, yeah you made one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was like... He did. <laughs> Sam, you were, like a, a, you were like a mountain goat being relocated. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's, you know, there, I made a Jurassic Park reference in my column, and... <laughs> I, uh, I spent a little time on YouTube, you know, searching for Jurassic Park and helicopters because I was trying to, like, refresh my memory on, you know, what choppers were in that movie. And lo and behold, Gordon, there is a scene where <laughs> rather, it was the opposite. Rather than pulling somebody out of the jungle, they, they drop a goat by helicopter into the dinosaur cage so the T-Rex had something to eat. So, nice. you know, thankfully it, I had a better fate than that. But, but yeah, it was crazy. Now, tell me you weren't, like, uh, on that stairway to heaven or some crazy place like that. What, what, which island were you on, Sam? So we were on Oahu um, and on the southeast side, which is – it's funny. I We like Oahu a lot, and people always go, oh, but Waikiki is – too crazy and it's, it's like a city and it is but it's like yeah if you get out of there like it's pretty cool stuff on the island so this is like a it's not about what i mean neighborhood but there's just a lot of nature and there's a um there's a waterfall it's called the Mutawili falls and you park your car in a neighborhood and there's a trailhead and then you start going from there and i'd say it was in the neighborhood of two hours round trip um and then you know somewhere around there where you know, like fairly, uh, say a modern hike. Like the kids were getting pushed a little more than they thought they would be, and I was doing fine before the ankle turned. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was you know a lot of tree roots, obviously a lot of rocks, uh, some mud. So not a shocker. I'm sure I'm not the only one who turned my ankle out there that day. But it was more of the passing out that. They freak everybody out because I've never ever had something like happen. Wow, we're glad you're okay, yeah, man. Glad you're all right. That's that's important. I appreciate it. Thank you, boys. Well, Sam, uh, very eager to hear your reaction to the Jazz being able to hang on and and win in Game One. They look fantastic. Um, it was a fun game to watch. It's funny. I've seen some stuff on social media where people are complaining about some of the games being boring, and it's like, well. You didn't watch uh, Jazz Clippers game one because that was incredible. You know, and Donovan, what he did in the third quarter, I mean, that was, it was I, you know, like I said, it was fun. It was it was playoff stuff. It was the stuff of legend, the stuff of legacy, whatever you want to call it. That's a guy, you know, who showed his passion in the first round, I think, when honestly, you know, like I have zero problem with the way that he handled his frustration 
not being able to play in game one because of the ankle because it just showed how fired up and ready he was. And then he just played out of his mind in those last four games against Memphis. And then the first half against the Clippers, you're kind of going, oh, okay, he's he's human again and he's not playing all that well. Um, being somewhat passive, um, you know, indecisive, taking jumpers when you're used to seeing him go to the rim. You know, and then third quarter just figures it out and turns it on and Quinn Snyder has that you know, pretty telling message that the TNT microphones picked up on. So good win for them, and, and I think a great sign for fans everywhere that it's going to be a good series because it's like, okay, they got that one, but you know you can take this thing either way. The Clippers have a lot of reasons to feel good because Kawhi didn't play very well and neither did Paul George. And, uh, you know, and then it kind of comes back to that formula that makes the Clippers so interesting where – on paper, they have two wing superstars. And, you know, no other team other than Brooklyn can say that. And, and you know, the question then becomes, can a team like Utah still make it happen and beat them? You know, I well, one of the remarkable things of that game to me was the fact that the Jazz missed those 21 first quarter shots, uh, 20 of them in a row. And they still come back and win that game, Sam. I, I that's not going to happen to the Jazz. They're not, and they're not going to shoot forty percent again. I don't think in this series. So that's yeah. the good news for the Jazz that the rest of the team can play much better than it did, even without Mike Conley, who would obviously help them in a major way. Absolutely. I mean, it's another tough blow tonight to not have Mike out there again. You know, I think it's probably a tall task to get two games from the Clippers without Mike. But then again, that, that's what make, it's going to make this whole series challenging because you know, I think you know, winning with Mike Conley coming off a, a, hands, you know, a hamstring re-injury that, that had him on the shelf is going to be hard too. You can't expect too much from any guy coming out of a hammy injury. So you know, that doesn't bode well for the Jazz. And uh, you know, I thought in the first half, and I mean, I want to, I'm probably going to to botch the credit here in terms of which commentator it was. I want to say Greg Anthony, but whoever was on that game talked a lot about um, them missing Conley and the real nuanced discussion about how guys like Joe Ingles and some of the other playmakers on the Jazz, like, you know, they know how to find people, but they just weren't doing so with the pinpoint accuracy that Conley typically does. And, you know, Joe in particular, they talked about setting Rudy up down low, you know, for looks that, that if you just would have waited a step and given it to him a moment later, that then, then maybe Rudy doesn't bring it down and lose the ball or miss the shot or whatever. Just So not having Mike is the type of thing that it just, it's, you know, takes the offense down a, a pretty serious notch. And, and we'll see on the other side, the Clippers remain, you know, they fought out of that Dallas series and you've got to give them credit. But I think by and large, they still remain – like kind of a crapshoot when it comes to where are their heads going to be at and what kind of competitive spirit are we going to see. So I'm, I'm pretty curious to see how they come out tonight. Sam, I just want to run a Rudy Gobert take by you and, and get your reaction. He gets his third defensive player of the year of his career. And I was really, I mean, not that he didn't deserve the other two, but I was really happy he got this one because I thought this was by far his best defensive year. And I thought it was cool that he was recognized for it. What do you think? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I voted for him. I had Ben Simmons second and Draymond third, like a lot of people. 
Um, it's funny. I saw, you know, I we talked about it on the show. I love talking to Draymond about this kind of stuff. And, and so I had an interview with Draymond about a month ago, breaking down the defensive player of the year debate. And he had a, a similar discussion yesterday, I think, with Taylor Rooks from Bleacher Report. I don't know if you guys saw this, but I thought it was interesting. So to her credit, she just, you know, on camera with Draymond owned the fact that she had not had him in her top three and said, okay, tell me why I'm wrong. And he fairly, you know, definitively made a statement about how, you know, he didn't call Rudy out by name, but like the bigs who, who, who run into defensive situations where the coach might not want them on the floor, that, it, that his opinion is that like, that's tough to argue that they're defensive player of the year, that a guy like Draymond, you will never ever run into somebody, you know, or, or I'm sorry, a situation where you don't want him on the floor. It's an interesting point, but I walked away going, no, I don't think so. Because with Rudy, first of all, he continues to prove people somewhat wrong when it comes to the fact that, oh, if you, if you switch him out on the perimeter and he's going to be like, you know, a baby giraffe that you can take advantage of, those days are over. You know, he had that block at the end of game one that was huge and I thought pretty symbolic of the way he's evolved as a defender. But then beyond that, it's like you can't – got to account for the, the, you know, the tremendous impact that he's making, like we talked about, not only at the rim, but, you know, and negatively impacting the opponent's three-point shooting because of the way his teammates can defend on the perimeter, knowing that he's behind them. And I, I just think that nobody in the league – had you know really uh, anywhere near the impact night in night out that Rudy did. Now, Draymond was up there and Ben was up there, but thought he had a great year. And I think he's forcing us in the media and the fans to really make sure and reevaluate how we value players. You know, I, I think uh, we talked also about how my colleague John Hollinger had Rudy as a top five MVP candidate. Now I didn't, but it's like. It, you know, it got me thinking, and I and I think going forward, we got to keep making sure that we're really figuring out, you know, where a player like that's value is. The interesting thing about what you just said, Sam, is that the Jazz as a team are trying to prove that as a team, not just Rudy, not just Donovan, but they're trying to show everybody that they are a high-quality team that is in true contention for a title. So there are some parallels there, and that's a theme with this team. They are thinking about that, and I think they probably agree that you cannot get that kind of respect until you prove it, and that's what they're that's what right. they're up to here. Right, 100%. Well, and it's it's a moment like, like Rudy's block. Who then, listen, who knows what will happen tonight? He could have a bad moment. But I thought it was important because, first of all, you know, the three of us here, we kind of eat and breathe and live this stuff. So we're watching in the preseason. We're watching in the regular season. And, of course, we're watching closely in the playoffs. But the reality is that, you know, most of America and, you know, the world at large is barely paying attention until the playoffs. And so narratives get, you know, built and pulled down and created right now more than ever. And so if you're Draymond – you got a lot of juice behind your argument because you've been on that NBA final stage five times. And, you know, you, you've walked the walk and you talked the talk too. And with Rudy and the Jazz, yeah, it's like you have to do it now in order to impress people because I mean, a guy who comes to mind, and he'll have his time, I'm sure, but, like, for all the hype of Zion Williamson, who has got 
a bigger profile as a young player than, or at least as big as anybody else. Um, the reality is, like, right now, Zion's not part of the playoffs. And so, you know, you get lost in the conversation. So, to your point, Gordon, about the Jazz and trying to reshape minds, I mean, there's no better way of doing it than, than going out and being who you are right now and winning games. Sam, are the Bucks going to put up a fight? It doesn't look like it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, like, I don't know. I mean, the Nets are obviously supremely talented, but it's like, my goodness, no James Harden. Um, you know, Giannis being incredibly passive against Blake Griffin, which is mind-boggling. Um, it doesn't look good. It reminds me of, you know, when I was in the bubble covering Milwaukee against Miami, if you just want to, you know, the old cliche about, you know, who do you want in the foxhole, like if you would have just asked my opinion of, you know, Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler or Mike Budenholzer and Giannis, I would have laughed out loud. Like in that moment, it's it's not like, I don't know what's happening with you Milwaukee boys, but, you know, give me those other two Miami guys in the foxhole. And there's a feeling like that now. I'm not as close to it. I'm not covering that series in person. But, you know, I don't know. Giannis in particular, it's this is going to be a tough stain on his resume if they go down like this because, it's you know, the coaching situation is the coaching situation. And I think it's very likely that, that if they lose the series, Budenholzer will probably be out. But it doesn't mean that a lot of this isn't going to fall at Giannis's feet too. And, and the other guys, I mean, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday have not played near as well in this round as they did in the last one. And it's such a perplexing thing because they just came off that revenge series against Miami. You know, I don't know if they got too high and, and thought that that was the uh, the unofficial indication there, but they do not look good right now. Sam, what do you think of uh, Mike Malone? Um, I'm sorry, Michael Malone. Get that and, right. Yeah, let's get it right. Get that right. Uh, his comments. I mean, he knows his locker room better than anyone you would expect, but to say your right. team quit and call your team soft, it, 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 I don't know. What do you make of that? Uh, I liked it. You know, I got a pretty good feel for their group. And it's like Michael was doing that kind of stuff early with the Nuggets in the kind of way. That's how he's always been. He's just a a straight shooter and not afraid to to take people off in his locker room or his organization. But he would do that stuff early on. And predictably, I'm talking years ago when he first got to Denver, you would hear – people start to say around the league, like, he's a good coach, but, yeah, he's going to wear out his welcome real quick. And they thought that he would be a goner. Over time, you know, and I thought that this is fascinating, like, he he spent so much time in the off-seasons actually establishing relationships in a really meaningful kind of way with all of their people, you know, going overseas to, uh, to Jokic's, you know, home country, going to, to see different guys here and there, and investing in them as people in the kind of way that I know at first glance, a moment like last night makes people say, oh, man, these players are probably, you know, kind of MFing them behind the scenes. And it's like, and they might be, but it, it's got, they got such a foundation between him and the players that I think he's, he's got the capital to get his message across and, and have it be fine. And the only ones you really got to care about, really, you know, I mean, he clearly wasn't afraid for Jokic to hear that message, because, and that's a guy who's as close to on the team as anybody. You know, I have heard some stuff about 
some of the role guys who might not always feel, you know, Michael's style, but that doesn't really matter all that much. So, you know, we'll see how they respond. And and I like it. I like the fact that that he he's not willing to just kind of lower the expectations because they don't have Jamal Murray, you know, and they just got Will Barton back. Uh, he's trying to let these guys know that I still think we're capable of getting to the conference finals again. Well, we should round out the series talk and ask you about uh, Philly and Atlanta. Who do you like uh, in that series now that's uh, a game of peace? On series, I mean, I still would have a hard time seeing the Hawks win the whole thing. You know, they, I thought, and this is not to take anything away from it, but that first half in game one, it, it seemed like they caught lightning in a bottle a little bit and they caught the Sixers underestimating an opponent. Um, but then, you know, you, you also saw the fight that they came back with in game two when they were down big and, and came all the way back. So they're not going to go away easily, but I think, you know, the combination of the Sixers' physical defense, and you saw them try to start acting like bullies in game two, some them beat on down, you know, and, and guys being physical. They're going to try to beat up Trey Young in the way that Tom Thibodeau, for some reason, didn't in the next series. So, you know, ultimately, if I'm picking a winner there, I think, I think the Sixers will hang on, but I think the Hawks are going to get a couple games. They're a really good team. They uh, they got edge. You, you can tell they have kind of that, you know, that feeling that everybody's counting them out and they don't really care what people think type vibe. So I think it'll be fun, but I think Philly wins that. Last thing for me, Sam, is you said earlier, who knows what's going to happen tonight with the uh, Jazz and Eclipse. What do you think is likely to happen? Will we see some fight out of the Clippers? You think that's going to be what happened in Game One is going to spur them on, or do you think maybe the Jazz might have their number? Um, I would probably go with the former. I think the Clippers will show some fight. I want to give them. I mean, I question them as much as anybody along the way, but I'll give them some some love, I guess, based on like. You know, they showed in the Dallas series. I mean, it's not easy to, to win four out of five after being down 2 nothing, And they did that, and I think Ty Lue had a lot to do with that. And Kawhi obviously played just supreme basketball. And, you know, I don't anticipate him, again, having a game two like he had a game one. So, you know, I, I think it could be a good game, but I, I think I'd be real surprised if the Clippers didn't fight. You know, if nothing else, they, they just learned the hard way that going down 2 nothing is really hard. And yeah, and and then he, it also is that thing where, as the as the road team, you know, you just got to win one, and then you, if they get tonight, they're in a fantastic spot going back home. Sam, thank you so much as always for dropping by the show. We appreciate it, and we're glad that that ankle's okay. <laughs> thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Talk to you next week. See you, buddy. That's our friend Sam Amick, senior NBA writer for the Athletic. Okay, so can you imagine flying through the air? In a, what do you call it, a diaper? Yeah. Hanging from a helicopter? That that must have been quite the experience for him. You said it right. You go on vacation to make memories? I made a memory. Okay, this is not your would you rather, but would you rather be airlifted with a helicopter like Sam was or taken from, say, Hidden Peak all the way to the bottom of Snowbird in the toboggan? Uh, okay, uh, so I'm I can enjoy the ride. I don't have to worry about. Well, an you've got an injured ankle in both both cases. 
Because that'd be rough in the toboggan yeah, to get bounced be a around bumpy. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd, I'd go with the helicopter. Go with the helicopter. Yeah. Okay, that is not the official would you rather. No. That is not. It is time, however, for the official would you rather. <laughs> Are you ready? Here we go. So we did a Would You Rather with Gordon at 225, 325. Now we'll do one here. We'll do a fourth one at 525, and then we'll get the winner at 530. So this is to reward those dedicated listeners that have been around the whole show. Okay. All right, so here we go. Installment number three. Would you rather have to announce it every time you break wind? So every okay. every time Announce that happens, it. you have to say wherever I am. Yeah, wherever uh, you are, like <laughs> whatever the moment. I farted, everyone. Yeah. You have to you or, have to announce it. Mm-hmm. All right, or have one ear removed. Wow. Well, <laughs> so you're okay. either Gordy. And you wear glasses. <laughs> you're uh, either Gordy one ear, or you have to tell everybody every time. You have a little gas. I'm just wearing reading glasses. I could wear a monocle. That would be something. <laughs> that would be awesome. You could wear a monocle, yes. Um, I'll, I'll I'll go with the announced the 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 the, uh, <laughs> the uh, passing wind, and the reason is that everybody knows it anyway. Yeah, but they don't know it's you. You're telling everybody exactly what happened and who it was. You can't blend into the room. You know what I mean? Can't blame it on the dog. I usually don't do that anyway. Um, But, yeah. You don't announce it to everybody either. Certainly don't announce it to me. I assume it's common knowledge when it happens. And besides, I'm I'm very good at uh, sort of being forthcoming and uh, taking the blame for things. You are not. So I'm not I, true. Because you've never done it once in this room, and you can't tell me over there you have kept things bottled up for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, for instance, when it happened to me in church that time. Yeah, I, people knew. People but imagine knew. the additional but, embarrassment if you had to yell in church. What yell? What if you, what if you yell? You have, just to make, announce, you have to announce I, it. I yell it there? I, I Can't I just say, oops, that one's on me? You have to so everyone can hear. Tell them about it. What if you're giving a eulogy? How often do I do that? It doesn't matter. You, do, you will do it. Oops, what I about, just farted. Uh, what, right in, you know, we're going to miss. What about at a press Fred, conference? Fred was a fantastic friend. Whoop. That one slipped out. What about at a press conference? Sorry. Well, there it is. Sorry, Coach Snyder. Before I ask you my question, I got to tell you, and everybody <laughs> in the room. Uh, you in the back, put your phone down. You need to hear <laughs> you this. You need to hear what I just did. Um. All right, so you're going with yeah. the announcement. Yeah, the I, announcement. Want, I want my ear. Okay. Yeah. You are vain. Well, is that vain? <laughs> That's so I vain. didn't realize I was being vain. <laughs> I want my ear. Oh, what a vein. You're so this vain. Is, this is the last time we'll talk about it because that's, that's part of the thing. about you. But we're three for three on I would go the other direction as you on all three of these so far. I oh, am as well. Yeah. Boy, well. What does that tell you? It tells you that your questions are good. Good. Yeah, that is exactly what it says. Yeah, yeah. split your audience. One hundred percent. All right. Good. We're three for three. Then on good. Would you rather another one? <laughs> All right. Let's get out of the zone phone. <laughs> Joining us now, our friend Dr. Johnson from Premier Wave Therapy. 
And uh, health in this area, doctor, is something some some people don't like to talk about, but it's really important when it comes to living your life. This is a really important part of life. It is indeed. They've done lots of studies which show that if you have a healthy intimacy life, that you have much less incidence of cancer, heart disease, you know, less obesity, all sorts of health benefits. So it's so sad to have someone suffer when they don't need to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, kind of on that note, who's a good candidate for this? Well, for erectile dysfunction, I would say 95% of men are good candidates. Really, it doesn't help people who've had maybe, say, a stroke or some type of surgical procedure where they've cut the nerve. But the vast majority of men suffer from vasculogenic erectile dysfunction, which is blood vessel problems. And this regrows new blood vessels, so it helps all those people. So I'd say 95% of men are great candidates. Wow, that's got to be music to a lot of people's ears out there. And you guys, of course, use the uh, latest and greatest technology. Yep, I helped uh, companies develop it. And you know, I'm a laser consultant, so I work with several companies, and I've worked with these companies. And we start through the protocols, change them around a little bit to make them more effective, because really it's based on physics, and I know the laser physics well. And, of course, you've got a great deal for Zone listeners. You will match any price in town when it comes to these treatments. Uh, just mentioned you heard it on the Zone. Uh, you can call them 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-WAVE. Or stop by their office, 2505 East, 3300 South. Doctor, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, gentlemen. Have a nice day, and I'll talk to you later. Talk to you later. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Utah Jazz have a one game to none lead in their series against the L.A. Clippers. Game two is tonight here at Vivint Arena. Joe Ingles doesn't see the point of comparing this series to the last playoff series against Paul George. I personally don't read into the one-on-one stuff or the, I mean, three years ago was a long time. My, my twins were barely talking then and now they're five and annoy the hell out of me. So um, a lot, uh, three years, three years is a long time. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope he's happy there and, and whatever, but um, um, it's the Jazz versus the Clippers and, um, and that's all I'm focused on. Game two tonight starts at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage here on the Zone Sports Network. Live from the plaza out front of Vivint Arena begins at 7. This update brought to you by Mountain Land Supply. What do you want? You're locked on to the big show. Presented by Big O Tires. Just doing it big, you know. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. 
Thanks for making us part of your day. I want to remind you about the Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sale going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses. Save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out, davisvisionmd.com, or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. How's it going over there? Uh, it's going on. You're doing okay? Yeah. You're doing all right? You yeah. satisfied with your, your would-you-rather answers? I think today? so. You feeling good about it? Well, <laughs> I don't think you can feel good about any of them or any of the options, but that's the point, right? I suppose. Uh, that's right. Hey, we heard from Sam Amick in the last segment. Sam confirmed, and he's told us this uh, before, indicated that he was going to uh, vote. He voted for Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year, followed by Ben Simmons and then Draymond Green. And, uh, you know, it was a big story yesterday. It came out right after our show. Uh, Rudy Gobert got that. We saw the nice video uh, that the Utah Jazz released of the whole team giving him that uh, award. Uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was cool. Um, but Gordon, uh, Sam seemed to echo what we thought that that Rudy has had a very very special year, and not that recognition is everything, but I mean it. It's sometimes those awards, like you know, Michael Jordan, they stop giving him the MVP because oh he just get it every year, you know, which I I don't like that reasoning. I think you agree with me on that, but uh, that reasoning kind of bugs me. I'm just glad that didn't happen to Rudy this year. Uh, I, you know, I'm torn on these awards because it's a team game, right? And yet there's so much interest in individual awards. Uh, and maybe I'm just not a big award guy, uh, you know, whether it's the Oscars or whether whatever it is. It's You political. know you're a Heisman voter, right? I mean, easy on the award thing. You're going to get that pulled again. Never really been that big on individual <laughs> awards. <laughs> Except the Heisman. <laughs> that one, legitimate. Well, I mean, that one, they asked me to do it, and then they asked me to do it again. So what can I tell you? Know, and then Aaron got and back they, to work. They booted me out, and then they, they asked me to do it again. So, I, you know, yeah, it means something to the recipient. recipient but when I'm listening to what uh, what Rudy is saying, uh, it seems like he he said he even said this. He said uh, it's you know it, there's another trophy that I'm really interested. Well, in he getting. mentioned his teammates a lot too. Yeah. I mean he he said it multiple times that he wouldn't have gotten it without but his teammates. So they call him two time now. They'll call him three time. Well, the the reason I feel good for Rudy is he's he's his career arc has been steep, right? I mean he came into the league a, a project. I love that cliche. But he's been not, done nothing but bust his butt every second he's been in the league and yeah. gotten better every second he's been in the league, culminating mm. with this year, which was a, a very special performance on both sides, I'd argue, but particularly uh, on the defensive side of the basketball. And I think that the, this, the type of, this type of recognition means a lot to him. Well, it's, part of it is the nature of what you do to earn the award. It's kind of a thankless task, isn't it, to play defense? That's why so many guys don't do it particularly well. Yeah, you're right about that. And Rudy does it, and he does it at a top level, and he pours a lot of work into it, and and you're right. I mean, it's like being an offensive lineman, right? You don't get as much attention paid to you, but you're extremely important to the success of what's happening. So, So it's good from that perspective especially. Well, what I was getting at with the career arc thing, Gordon, I mean, think of how many players, and I don't want to single anybody out here necessarily, but how many players coming into this league, 6'6 to 6'10, 
chiseled out of granite, can jump out of the gym, has every single God gift that's required to be an incredible basketball player, and then end up going a whole lot of nowhere. Rudy comes into the league and has the God gift of, of height and certainly uh, some athletic ability, but how much weight has he put on? How much of his footwork has he worked on? His hands? Oh, my gosh. They've come a mile since he got in the league. To play without fouling, they couldn't even put him on the floor when he no. was a rookie. You know, uh, what, Mie One got four fouls in six minutes? Rudy would have gotten four fouls in three. I mean, <laughs> he just he put his head on straight, went to work. Went and, to the Bakersfield Jam. And, yeah, all over. And it's just completely paid paid off for him, paid dividends and I don't know. It's kind of it's the it's the type of story I like to see because I think I do think that sort of effort should be rewarded. Yeah, that's well said, Jake. I agree with you a hundred percent because there there is this sort of idea for whatever reason in basketball that you are what you are, you know, and you and you're you're kind of either you're good or you're not. Yeah, and. God blessed you with that, and it's not to your own hard work. No, it's just what the, the abilities you were given, and it's just not true. The guys who are great, and there might be some exceptions, but most of the guys who are great earn it, and uh, I, I think that applies as much to Rudy as anyone I can think of, although he was blessed with the, with the height. There's some of that there, yeah. but there's been a lot of, uh, of NBA players blessed with the height that— haven't gotten better like Rudy. Right. He has. And that makes you feel good. And look, when you hear him talk and you see his mental approach to the game, it's not surprising that he's driven to work hard. That's one of the things when he when he was asked by Ernie uh, about uh, who is the person that uh, is most responsible for this other than yourself, he immediately said, my mom. My mom did uh, in, in, encouraged me, uh, gave me the confidence that I could do it. And uh, and I went out and, and and here I am. So, yeah, there's a lot of work between, yeah, and yeah, and Rudy did it. I don't know a ton about Rudy's personal story. He doesn't talk about it a lot, but I get a I get the sense that his mom worked really hard to put Rudy in a position to live his dream. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I mean, he's he's never really gotten into. I'd love to hear the complete details story. I really would. I, I, think I hope I need he gets to go to France. To uh, I to agree. Sort of, Will you take me? Can, uh, we, yeah. can we both let's, go? Let's go uh, research. I'll do some background for you. That's yeah. fine. I don't let's mind. Go, let's go find out. Let's go find the Rudy Gobert story. We can go talk to the people who laughed at him. We can go talk to the people who encouraged him. We can go talk to uh, uh, the folks around the town. Uh, a few years ago, Aaron Falk actually did this with him. Yeah, he did go back to, to France with him, yeah. But there was not a lot of detail given about growing up with his mom. Yeah. Where they yeah, grew yeah. up, yes, and that sort it's of thing. It's never been done the way we want to do it, right, Jake? Right, yeah, shut your pie hole yeah, over there. What are you there, doing Austin? over there? Trying to jettison the whole thing? I don't I don't think Falk told uh, even a tenth of the story. Uh, there's so much more yeah, to You're not tell. taking me with you anyway, so... <laughs> You're going down with so, me. So you're going to prevent us from going. I, I, you know what, Gordon? I think a project like this should take, you know, a couple of months. Uh, at least, yeah. yeah. And, you know, maybe we could get a better viewpoint or overall view of Rudy if we were to, say, rent a villa near the small town where he grew up so that we can talk to everybody. See, that's that's a thing. Gordon's going to eat not, 18 when I, when pounds that, of cheese a day. When I did that feature story on Jerry Sloan, I went to McLeansboro, <laughs> you know, and I talked to the townspeople there. 
Now I don't want to spend a couple of months in McLeansboro. <laughs> Neither did Gordon. <laughs> oh, sorry. But that's what's necessary, you know, to get the best view. And so, yeah, I think we can do that. And th I think we should do that. And although my French isn't very good, Jake. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, Google, we'll hire a translator. Google Translate is a thing. We'll be fine. <laughs> All right, coming up next, we have the Not Sports Report. We want to remind you to join Hanson Scotty at the warehouse coming up tomorrow from 10 to 2, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Uh, Mo Dakhill, Dakhill, I always pronounce that wrong, will join us. He's been on the show a number of times. Uh, we'll talk to him about uh, the Jazz and the NBA coming up at 5. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. K-est, say K-vous, amez, le plus de jeu pour Quinn Snyder. Sacre bleu! Slapped by Gobert! And that'll do it. We, we, monsieur! I'm sorry, Marcus Morris. Sorry, this is not a movie. It must be humiliating to watch Rudy Gobert stuff your jump shot right back into your face. Gobert has apologized. But hey, there's always tomorrow, which is actually today. Let's get another win, boys. Game two between the Jazz and Clippers tips off Thursday at 8 with the Jazz Live pregame show beginning at 7 on your exclusive home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5, 1280, The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your not sports report on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordon, uh, where are we going today? Uh, where is this? I'm not exactly sure where it is. Uh, Wisconsin, apparently. All right, Jake. So I have an uncomfortable question for you, but it's it's – it will never apply to you, so I can go ahead and ask it. Okay. All right. If you if you were going to advise your wife that you wanted a divorce, how would you go about doing that? And what's the reaction that you would expect to get back? Now, I've never considered this, Gordon. I'd probably skip town. <laughs> Just unannounced. That way I would just slip into the night. I wouldn't know what the reaction would be at that point. I'm headed out for takeout. Yep. Be back in an hour. <laughs> and and move to Switzerland? I guess. What do you know? We're out of bread. I bet oh, gotta get that taken care of. How about you, Austin? Oh my gosh. I'm afraid that uh, she'd be so overjoyed at me suggesting it that I wouldn't get the whole suggestion out before she's like, done. Where do so, I sign? So Great idea. <laughs> so the reaction is one of great joy. She'd be like, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I, in fact, I've already got the papers worked up here. Just sign here and here. It's like you? the gift of the well, magic. What about your returning wife? How would she react? Uh, again, I wouldn't know. I'd be somewhere east of Omaha. <laughs> 
getting as far away as possible as quickly as possible. What about you? I I guess I'd probably just sit down and have a chat, you know. But let me tell you about this guy, uh, Henry Williams. Hank? What he did. He's a famous singer. So was his dad. <laughs> Not the same. This fellow said that, um, well, <laughs> he had a discussion with his wife that he was planning on divorcing her, and he went to bed. And you know what happened? She stabbed him. She set him on fire. That's not funny. Stop smiling. That's not funny at all. She set him on fire? She set him on fire. Great timing on that. And what do you know? It's Austin's wild card number two. Be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. Great timing there. Wait, I'm not done with the story. No, but uh, he dropped the wild card sounder. It's over. All right. Tickets ended the discussion. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. Go ahead. No, Hopefully. it's all right. Then we got to right. we got to talk to the the good doctor. So uh, did the guy survive? He did survive. He did survive. Uh, the woman apparently said that she believed that her husband had attempted to poison her with chicken wings. So it was a little, a little, you know, tat for tit or tit tat or whatever. But she thought that. There's a big difference between him actually trying to poison her and her just thinking that. And I think if he was actually trying to poison her, I still don't think she can set him on fire. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's a that's a good guess. But I don't know the code there in Wisconsin. but Apparently, she, but she was charged with arson of a building, recklessly endangering safety and mayhem and domestic abuse. Shouldn't it be more severe than that? Yeah, she earned all of it. I don't know. All right, let's get out to the zone phone. Uh, joining us now, got a transition away from that. He said uh, that from he'd, he'd been walking on eggshells around his wife for months. Our friend from Premier <laughs> Wave Therapy, he is Doctor Johnson, with us here on the big show, and and that. Doctor, that doesn't sound like a relationship that's really uh, salvageable, but I, I'm sure you look forward to no. helping a lot of relationships out there. Yeah, I hear that last question. No, just, the, you know, what you guys can do is, is very helpful in relationships. You're helping a lot of folks. Uh, you know, I, listeners out there kind of been thinking, well, you know, this would it really help with my relationship, but it not only has to be relationship it helps with your health and your well-being and people sometimes on the do that oh you know we're come out and give it confident that you'll get and release you know we'll we'll price out there we have the latest machine work really hard a lot of studies we're really getting the protocols down quickly so we're we're confident and things we've treated so far so that's uh, the technology and that is what sets you guys apart, right? Yep, yep. Technology, you know, is great technology. It's fairly new. It hasn't really been on the market for very long as they've progressed the uh, development of that. It, it, it's seamless now. 
You don't even have to have any numbing cream, and it creates this great shockwave therapy that grows new blood vessels. It's great technology. And uh, right now, they're doing a great deal for Zone listeners. They'll match any price in town. You need to give them a call today, 385-360-WAVE. That's 385-360-WAVE. You can drop in and see their gorgeous office, 2505 East, 3300 South. Doctor, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, that number again, 385-360-WAVE. We'll have uh, more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Ron Boone from the Jazz Radio Broadcast. How many people could actually make that block at the end of that game? And take me through the difficulty of what you saw Rudy do in that final block. That's what's so great about Rudy is the way he can recover. He can be beaten and recover and still intimidate or block a shot or change a shot of those type of things. But leading up to that was the defense of about three guys. But when you have in a situation where there's not a lot of time on the clock, you know they don't have time to put the ball on the floor to shoot. You know they don't have time to even attempt to drive to the basket. His recovery is sometimes is just unbelievable. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.